I was lucky enough to have Bob Curley on the podcast recently. And when I had him on, this was a little exploratory conversation before I joined him in a school district in Irvine, California. And I, I always love doing this, kind of connecting with the people that I'll be working with in the future, just to learn a little bit about them so I can really set up the day for success. As I was talking to Bob, what I realized is he had been at in education for 35 plus years, but not only has he been in education for 35 plus years, he's been in the same district the entire time, which is pretty rare. I don't think I've had anyone on my podcast that has actually been in the exact same district from when they first started teaching to now for that length of time. And what I thought about was when I was talking to him is he's seen so much happen in that very district. And I asked him, so what has changed and what has stayed the same? And I think that's a really great thing that we should be asking in education because a lot of times we're always focused on new stuff, all the great stuff, but some of the stuff that we used to do worked really well and we go away from it, not because it doesn't work, but we get bored with stuff. And that's something we have to really kind of explore is some of the past practice that we've done really beneficial. Are some of the things that we do in education really beneficial? Are we gravitating to new just because it's new or because it's good or because it's better? And I just thought his answer was really powerful. And I wanted just to kind of share that with you all because I think it's a great question to ask in education too often. And I joked about this we feel that this generation of educators came up with everything good and everything before was bad and now everything's good. But the reason I do this podcast is to learn not only about the people I'm interviewing, but the inspiration they've had in the past from their teachers. There are so many teachers who were building relationships, did project-based learning, did social emotional learning, did all these things that we see as really beneficial. We just didn't put a name to it at the time. So that's something I think is a really important conversation, not just to you to hear from Bob, but to think about yourself. I love this conversation. I'm really excited to join everyone uh, in Irvine in February 2024, but I hope you can glean some uh, wisdom from this conversation as I did from Bob. Welcome back to another episode of the Innovators Mindset Podcast. Hey everyone, this is George Carlos. Welcome back to another episode of the Innovators Mindset Podcast. Today, I am blessed to have Bob Curley. He is actually the STEM director of Irvine Unified in California, which I am so blessed uh, to be able to join in uh, February of 2024 to um, one of their uh, professional learning days. Uh, and I, I, I'm i a big, uh, we talked about this, I'm a big Lakers guy. So I always love, you know, coming out to the LA area, right? So Maybe there'll be, maybe I, could, I actually haven't even checked the schedule. Maybe there's going to be a Laker game at that time. I don't know if I could. We'll take a look. They've struggled right. a little bit so far. Yeah. Well, I should be there for that new Clippers stadium. I'm pumped about that. So um, Bob is actually, uh, he's 35 plus years in education. He's currently a STEM director at Irvine Unified. Um, he's also been a principal, assistant principal. We just had a great uh, podcast talking about some of the people who inspired him. So make sure you check that out but bob if you can just kind of introduce yourself tell us who you are what you do today and how you got there i think it's a, a great place to start absolutely um i'm as george said the stem director in irvine and my full career it has been in irvine i started in the late 80s teaching math and science at the middle school level 
did that for about uh, 10 years and then became an assistant principal at uh, Southlake Middle School. And from there, decided to move to uh, elementary administration as a principal. I, I saw that um, kids um, may enter middle school with a lot of needs or, or some academic gaps. And I thought those don't just emerge between sixth and seventh grade. So let's see if I can be in a position to identify them earlier, uh, run interventions earlier, and line kids up to be more successful in, in middle school. So I uh, spent uh, 13 years at two different elementary schools as principal, and then moved, uh, had the opportunity to open Beacon Park K-8 school, and spent six years there, um, uh, opening the school from the ground up with an empty community around us and letting the community build up around the school. And uh, that was probably one of the highlights of my career, a strong team I worked with there that I really appreciated. And then uh, just over a year ago, was asked to uh, bring my district leadership to the district office in the math and science areas uh, as STEM director. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, so you are, like, I already, everyone knows this, I'm a Laker guy. Kobe was my guy. And it's funny when you're saying this, I'm like, you're like, the Kobe of Irvine, like you stayed with the same team your entire career. Yeah. Like that's kind mm -hmm. of, I, I don't know if I've had anyone on the podcast who's been with the same district for as long as you've been with that district. <laughs> so that's like, it's not even a record 35 plus years of the same district. So I got, I, I, I thought about this and I don't want to get you in trouble. So you got to, this is now on you on right. how you answer this, but like, so you've been there 35 plus years. So I got two questions for you. So in your 35 years in Irvine, what has changed and what has stayed the same? I'm I'm curious. Okay. Yeah. Let's see. Um, this is the Kobe uh, answer. Let's see what you got. Our, our, our district has had phenomenal growth, particularly in the last 15 years. Uh, we've opened, it seemed like a school a year for like seven or eight years in a row. So quite a few growing pains um, uh, in relationship to uh, size. And I think uh, anytime you increase in just volume like that, uh, it puts a lot of demands on, on the district and creates tension of, okay, how do we take what we did when we were small, which seemed to be really effective? We were a high-performing district. Uh, how can you continue to maintain that when when you increase in volume? And it's created some tensions, I think, in relationship to uh, decentralization versus centralization. You know, there are things that you just have to, uh, for economy of scales, centralize. Um, things that have stayed the same. Um, we, we've been a strong, high-performing district, and I think there's two things that really have um, uh, supported that. Um, number one, uh, we have a, a high quality teaching staff across the district. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of people want to come to Irvine. And so when we sit down as administrators and start to interview, uh, we're able to pull the cream of the crop. And, and uh, you talk about me being here for 35 years, there's actually quite a few people who right. uh, be, were students in Irvine, uh, grew up, went to college, and are now working in Irvine and uh, in the school district here. So uh, it's kind of a destination district in a lot of ways. Um, I think the other second thing that really supports uh, just the high quality educational experience we've been able to offer uh, students is uh, good leadership. 
And uh, the leadership has been able to continue to leverage uh, teacher agency and school agency and how to best meet the needs of uh, their community and have uh, high expectations for what we do. That, you know, that, that is like, and maybe uh, I might be giving myself away here a little too much. I honestly think that every answer in education comes down to leadership. And it's not that teaching is really important. In fact, I would say the exact opposite is essentially important, but do you actually hire great teachers? Do you hire great teachers and put them in positions to be great? Um, do you actually, so I, I, I really appreciate that answer because I think there's such an impact on that. And I've, I, I'll be honest with you, I've seen the opposite. I'm like, yeah, mm -hmm. like this is a lot of these issues you're talking about. This isn't a teacher issue. This is a you issue. This is like <laughs> an issue and you not recognizing that. And that's part of my job is to kind of, you know, have some of those tough conversations, even with administrators saying, I, like, I remember one time there is an administrator saying, you know, our teachers won't do this and they don't want to do this and this and this and this. And then I just remember saying to him, like, maybe it's you, like, maybe it's you. Like if your teachers aren't doing the things that you're hoping they would do, maybe your approach is off. Maybe something's wrong. Maybe you're not listening. So you can complain about them, but it actually doesn't solve any of your issues. It just makes you upset and then probably makes things worse. So I, I think that was a, uh, that's a, that's a pretty solid answer. So that actually is the follow-up because we were talking um, prior. Uh, I know you had a really great time as being a principal and I know you love that job, but you, um, I, it was really interesting your answer when I asked you kind of like our, our pre-show about like why you moved from principal to mm -hmm. your current role right now. And what, like, what, what was that transition like and what was your hopes in, in the role yeah. you do now? Yeah. Um, uh, about 10 years ago, I, I started, I, I liked what I did in the way of developing teachers and supporting kids and building community with family and, um, uh, really, really enjoyed that. And about 10 years ago, I, I really started thinking, all right, I'm, at, I'm entering the tail end of my career. Um, and what, what legacy do I want to leave? And what's the best way to leave a legacy? And I uh, had this feeling that I really wanted to begin to invest in the next generation of leaders. And so when I did open Beacon Park, one of the things that really uh, excited me about that role was uh, developing the other leaders that we had on campus, teacher leaders at different grade levels, um, the assistant principal, the school psychologist, um, uh, counselors, and just help them grow in their leadership where they could take um, and, and develop as, as leaders. And then moving to the STEM director position lets me continue to work with um, uh, principals at their site level, supporting them depending on where they're at in their growth. Uh, working with my coordinators and uh, TOSAs who are teacher leaders as well. So um, really gives me a chance to um, influence and, and pour into the lives of uh, the next generation of leaders that are going to be in Irvine for another 15, 20 years. That is, that is such a legacy answer. And I, I, I love that because yeah, like I think about, you know, I, we were talking, I'm a big sports guy. Everyone knows this about me. I'm wearing my Orlando Magic you know, big, big playoff game or play or in-season tournament game or in-season, yeah, tournament this tonight. Um, when I think of like what you're talking about, I, I automatically go to my first principal in my last school district that I worked in. Her name was Kelly Wilkins. And 
it was almost like she had a coaching tree, right? So like the best coaches in basketball, they're assistant coaches. They go to mm -hmm. like different places, they find success and you can kind of always go back. And she was that person. And I think, you know, I know you and I believe this because we had so many great conversations before this podcast. It's not just about developing the next crop of administrators, but actually developing also like teachers becoming the best teachers possible. So if you wanted to teach for 40 plus years, she was going to bring out the best in you that you had a very fulfilling career, right? If you wanted to maybe go into transition into another role. And there is a, there is a moment because her, her, her school is very fascinating because people left very quickly. And a lot of times they would come there for two, three years, and then they would go on to like an admin role, or they would go on to central office, or they would go into something else. Right. Because she got them to these places. And I remember I was, I was, became a principal. I, I was like a teacher with her and I was like, I'm going to quit. I hate teaching. And then one year with her, I became assistant principal, like in a different school because she put me in a good position. And I remember some principals were making fun of her. They're like, you can't keep anyone at your, at your school. Like nobody wants to stay with you. And she said, I'd rather have amazing teachers for two, two to three years than terrible ones for 10. <laughs> I was like, exactly. That is such a good answer. That uh, was like one of my favorite answers ever. So I love, I love that legacy um, question, but also like really, you know, I, I know you and I really believe this, that leadership is not just admin and some of some admin are not leaders. It is yeah. a, it's like, how do you influence people to make a positive step forward? Uh, so I'm, I'm actually joining you in um, February of 2024. So I got two questions for you. So this is going to be a weird one. I, and cause we know people from your district are going to be listening. So why did you reach out to me to, to join you for that day? And the second question is, what are your hopes on what that day achieves for your staff? Yeah. This is kind um, of funny now. It's not going to be on tape. So now I got to <laughs> kind of do what you say. Okay. Um, I, I take a look at where teachers are at right now in, in their craft. And um, in, in a lot of ways, there's really uh, a lot of obstacles or, or challenges that they're facing right now. Um, you have um, a, a dynamic, which is really looking at equity in a real meaningful way, which is real positive. Um, but it makes teachers rethink uh, a lot in relationship to uh, how do I set up my class? How do I interact with students? What systems do we have um, on campus? Do we have classes that are gatekeepers or not? And so as we try to break down those barriers um, uh, from, I think, both a admin and teacher level, um, it, it ends up creating classroom dynamics that are dynamics that teachers may not have always worked with before. Right. And uh, there's there's uh, different aspects that they're looking at in relationship to meeting student needs, um, uh, trying to surface uh, uh, conversations and concepts and topics that uh, typically in the past, they'd say, nope, I'm just doing content. We can leave all of that over there. And so I, I think in, in and then on top of that, you have um, students returning from from COVID where I'm still hearing from school sites and teachers that, boy, this group of kids is missing X, Y, or Z. Right. So I, I think what teachers have on their plates is, is really complex, 
emotionally demanding, cognitively demanding. And um, I, I, I commend our teachers. I think they're doing a really, really good job. And I want them to be uh, uh, encouraged and then uh, be inspired to be able to stop and look at things differently. And so when I was working with my team on, on what, do we, what do we want for the February day for our math and science teachers, uh, your, your name came up in the conversation and it's like, yeah, that, that would be really engaging for teachers to be able to, uh, rethink what they're doing and be inspired to, uh, turn things over for student empowerment and, and, uh, be thinking a little bit out of the box, uh, just to meet some of the challenges that are on their plates in front of them and, and collaborate with each other in ways where they can really, uh, gain traction and, and feel like they're not just still coming out of COVID, keeping their heads above water, but hey, we're making ground forward and and uh, get get really inspired by that and and build some uh, encouragement for them to just uh, be creative in, in the way they approach the, the challenges they're facing. Well, it's funny because we were talking about this before. Uh, so I know it's mostly science and math teachers and there's going to be some other, um, you know, disciplines in there too. And legitimately my worst subjects in school are science and math. And it's like, Every science teacher that ever had me like, these shouldn't be there. But <laughs> we, were ta- we were talking about this. I, I think it's really important for me. And I say this, you know, probably 95% of the time is that I'm not here to tell anyone how to teach. That is not mm-hmm. my job. My, my job is to share some ideas, but I always default to the room as the experts. And I feel a lot of times when people speak, it's like, I'm the expert, glean from my wisdom. And, you know, I will fix all your problems. And that's not me. I'm like, Hey, I'm just going to share some stuff with you, but ultimately you have to kind of make it your own. Cause I don't know your community. I don't know, to be honest, I don't know like your subject. I probably wouldn't pass it. <laughs> so, you know, maybe I'm going to be in trouble for, I, I, I was going to say, I think with our teaching staff, they would make sure you pass. Right. They, well, they, they would bend over backwards for uh, you. They, they all, like, like they, they do all for deserve, their kids. They would all deserve raises. So, that would be, <laughs> but that, I think that is a really important aspect. And, um, I was just, uh, at a conference uh, this week, and I just shared this tweet. Somebody said, um, basically, it was the nice thing about my address to everyone is that it made people feel proud to be educators. And that's the hope, right? Because it's like a lot of times we just kind of feel like we're getting crapped on and stuff like this too. And it's not like we can't grow. It's not like we can't get better. Um, but I, people really need to feel valued. I'm a very strengths-focused person. So I, I, I do... I do love that. All right. So we are, it's, we're recording this in November. Um, we're about to go on a break, like not, well, actually, yeah, you're going to be on a break <laughs> next, um, next week, probably. Right. You probably yep. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving uh-huh. And you know, so you said something about earlier kind of about, uh, being cognizant of homework in your district about, you know, as kids go into breaks, uh, what do we, how do you kind of support staff? as they go on breaks too. Cause I, you know, I like, it's, it's, it's like, I don't even know if it's a good break. Sometimes it's just like, I'm so exhausted. Like I always felt, I don't know. And this is going to resonate. I think with a lot of teachers, Yeah. like I saved getting sick <laughs> for the break. Like I was just like, fine. And then as soon as the break, it was like the entire time I was sick. And so how do we like really any thoughts on this? Cause I know you, you had shared about the importance of like wellness for your staff. What, what, like, what's some advice as people are going to breaks? Cause they're going to, someone's going to be listening to this about going into some break. How is like, what's the best way you can support a teachers as they're going into that? 
Yeah, it, it, it's real common when you work really hard to then let go and then uh, people get sick. It, it seems to be, yeah, it, it seems to be the typical pattern. And um, um, I, I think um, uh, if we're trying to work with our students in relationship to uh, being able to self-monitor themselves, take a, you know, 30 second break in class for you know some some uh, mindfulness some some good breathing some good health um i think um uh teachers can be real cognizant in trying to do that for themselves as well in relationship to all right i just finished my last um uh, period of the day um i i'm spent i've got this big stack of things to take care of before tomorrow uh stop take three minutes you know and and center yourself breathe and and give yourself the break that you've been kind of working with your kids and and doing for your kids i think we do uh, teachers do a lot of things for their students and uh they're good habits that they could do for themselves and they right. they opt not to and uh i i think um we have a tendency to have in in Irvine really high achieving teachers who who want to do a lot for their kids, and uh, sometimes it's checking priorities and saying, okay, what what is the best, and what is something that may even be good that I can you know cut back, minimize to to give myself some breathing room because it 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 doesn't. Um, it doesn't help somebody to be a great teacher and and burn out after three years and and not get the longevity out of them at all. And so um, I think uh, the priority, uh, trying to set priorities and and um, um, with that comes some 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 boundaries. I think if you're setting priorities to say this is what's most important, these things would be good, but they don't have to be done. And if you set a boundary of like, well, you know what? to manage my health, my well-being, uh, this isn't going to get done. I think that's, that's, uh, takes some wisdom. And sometimes you make wrong decisions. Sometimes you're like, oh man, I should not have dropped that. I, I, it's costing me more work now, but I think through that process, you, you figure out where you're, uh, where you can start to give and, and manage that self-care. You know, as you know, as you talked about maturing, which is, you know, like, you're like, I've matured, you know, matured in this you know, in education, it might that might slow down a little bit because we're on kids all the time. But the uh, I, as I get older, I'm very mindful of what I consume, and I'm I'm talking food a little bit, like you know mm -hmm. how I feel after I eat this versus how I feel after I eat that. And like, hey, if I have a bad meal, not only do I feel crappy the next day, like my body seems to break, right? Like I saw a meme the other day. It's like you get to a certain age where like. Oh yeah. Like I hurt my arm sleeping funny. Like you just, yeah. that stuff tends to happen. But the other thing that has really helped me is being thoughtful of what I consume information wise. And it was just the other day I was, um, I always take my dogs for a walk in the morning and I, I always try to listen to some podcasts and stuff like that. And I remember listening to like, you know, a political podcast and it was like, <laughs> I just felt like crap. And then I put on a sports podcast and they're like joking around. And I, I just, I was like, Oh my God, my mood is so different. Yeah. And, um, it just, just, it just does matter like that. Those things are so being cognizant of that stuff, um, you know, is, is really important. And then especially, you know, we take breaks, we tend to consume a lot of, you know, stuff that, that doesn't have to do with school. It might be a good thing. And it might, yeah. and I always think that sometimes we take those breaks. It's, it's great to like, what are some of the really healthy habits that I did over the break that I can continue on as opposed to, Hey, I only save those healthy habits for the one week out of the, you know, the two or three months I get. 
here and there. So Bob, I'm so pumped to like join you all. And, uh, I'm glad we got to kind of sit down. We had, Absolutely. when we first reached out, uh, I think you and I talked for like an hour before, you know, um, you know, kind of just talking about like the possibilities for the day. And I, I really wanted to have you on the podcast. Cause I know you have so much wisdom and uh, you've had so like, we have so much in line to what we're doing. So, um, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to meeting you in person. So I'm pumped for this day. We're um, excited to have you. We're yeah, really looking forward I'm, to the I'm day. So pumped. Like I said, if there's a Lakers game, same time, we'll be even happier guys. So that'd be one. I know that was probably a super expensive ticket, but I still would love to go anyway. So, um, everyone make sure you connect with Bob. You can see his uh, social information, uh, down below, Bob. Thanks. And, uh, Irvine, I'm looking forward to seeing you all. Thank you so much. All right. Have a good day, everyone. Take care.